Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycasts. Hello and welcome to Being There Dumbout on Joy 94.9. I'm Chris and with me in the studio today is... Gordon and Phil. Yes. And we are feeling a lot better than we were last week, aren't we, gentlemen? We're not huffing and puffing and coughing as much as we have. I'm still the same. I haven't had anything. One in every group, isn't it? Yeah. No coughs, no colds, no nothing. Yet. (laughs) (laughs) I've said that... The cases reported, was it... 5,000 compared to 40-something thousand last year. Something like that, wow. yes. yes it was, it, and a lot of deaths last there year, were, there, mm. about, there were about 4,000 deaths or something or other. Or something. Not 4,000. Wasn't it? It was fairly high. It was a lot of it deaths. It wouldn't have been 4,000, no. Mm. Yeah, but it was, but that was of great concern to the medical fraternity. Well, it just shows that a little prick doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt at all. It does a lot of good. Yeah, but there are people that don't believe in it, of course. Mm. And I was reading an article about a lady that didn't believe in it, and she was putting herself up as an expert. All right. Yeah. Well, we know what an expert is. An yeah. ex is a has-been, and a spurt is a drip under pressure. <laughs> <laughs> Oldie but a goodie. Yeah, but, but everybody should get vaccinated against the flu. It's, uh, it and helps. everything that's offered. Yeah, that's we right. don't want any of these old diseases coming back. Oh, God, no. Well, well, there are various forms of protection that you can afford yourself. Sometimes it is an injection, but sometimes I can remember mum sending me when I was a little tacker to a party with other kids to get so measles? that I, I would pick up whatever it was. Yes, we, we had those parties too. Yeah, measles park it all. Was that a pre-scientific version of... A vaccination. It yeah. was. Yeah. Yeah. Is that because you cannot get it twice? So something it's like that. better to get it over with. Well, apparently the mumps is something that gentlemen boys should always get when they're a super youngster rather than when they're older. Yes, it does affect the, um, the reproductive organs, apparently, when you get it in the older. When you've passed puberty, if you get it then, it's not very good for you. Oh, ah. And there are other forms of celibacy as a way of sometimes preventing yourself from getting uh, diseases that are going round. Yeah, but, but who wants to be celibate? Yes. At what price? <laughs> At what price? <laughs> yes. Excuse me. <laughs> there was a there was an article I was reading about um, vasectomies in the paper the other day. Oh yeah. How a lot of younger people in their twenties are having vasectomies because they don't want to overpopulate the planet. Well, there's no ego problem there, is there? No, no. No. I was reading that article, but it was cut short. Was it? (laughs) (laughs) Snipping time will save nine. But you see that in the paper was a a thing about the infection rate of HIV amongst the heterosexual community. Oh, yes, I heard that as Mm, well. Yeah. Uh, What was the 
what did you see the results of the report as? Well, they, it means that the there's one in four of heterosexual uh, or HIV um, infections is, is amongst the um, straight community. Now, was that broken down in any way? Because I think it's well yeah. known that the indigenous, indigenous population is higher. Yeah, it, it is, is higher. Is but this is the, this is an over. I think Australia overall uh, figure yeah. that was in the in the paper. One of the conclusions was. One of the conclusions was that it was mainly sex. It was not to do with drugs or anything like that. It was just sexually transmitted. So um, somewhere along the line, um, these um, heterosexual men and women, there's a lot of women have been mm. infected as well, have been out and um, haven't taken precautions or felt that it didn't affect them at all, that HIV was not a, a, a straight disease. It was, a, it was a, only a gay disease. Yeah, there's a large percentage were older men who are men having sex with men. And they seem to be of a, a mindset that they're not gay so that they can't catch mm. HIV. Yeah. Which is, like, I guess it's an attitude you have in your own mind, but they're not part of our community. Where they, they don't see themselves as part of our community. And... Therefore, they're not getting the education on PrEP and all these other things. That, that, that's correct, yeah, that uh, our own internal communications are keeping the gay guys aware of <clears throat> but, 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 but the, PrEP our, and things like this, whereas the straight community probably doesn't get access to those sort of messages or even PrEP. Yeah, well, a lot of the, lot of the people being um, diagnosed when they go into hospital with some sort of very huge sickness... And um, they've, they've never been tested. And then they test them for HIV as a, as a means of finding out if there's anything connected. Mm-hmm. And it's coming up that they have had HIV for more, four the, years or more. You know, Isn't that the worst way to find out? Yet they should have been educated on the precautions and the, the safety net that the gay community has developed. But then again, I suppose when you're, you're, in a, um, you're heterosexual, you don't think that it's anything to do with you. It could be an attitude. That's, it's, but we know that it can affect everybody that doesn't take precautions. But of course, the, as you say before, the gay, the gay community with PrEP have been sort of basically educated now to be very careful and what to do. Well, they've always been educated about using safe sex practices and everything. But I just hope that going forward that we keep the message alive. So my biggest fear now would be as a 14-year-old coming into my sexual years, nobody's telling me I can get HIV, that it might become AIDS and I will die. Yeah, that, that seems to have been that passed message. up, hasn't it? The, 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 this education to the younger people still yeah, coming the, the along. Yeah, there in fact is a cure now or it's become a manageable disease and... The problem is, though, you've got to be identified early enough so that you've got it in the early stages of development and not full-blown AIDS. Mm. But safe sex has got to be pushed harder as a, a method because prevention is so much better than... Well, it's not a cure, it's treatment. Yeah, but So we still don't have a cure for that's, AIDS. That's right, but also it's, a very, uh, it's quite toxic treatment too, mm. um, which is, you know, we don't... There are people that have been taking these toxic drugs for years um i know a lot of them and they're quite comfortable you know they're okay so yeah. that's good but um this is early stages of their yeah but they the have, disease in their body yeah but i have also <coughs> know so a lot of um men who have been uh, um, in the aids part of the the situation and they now are completely um their blood count is completely clear you know, yeah, so they're undetectable. They're, they're undetectable, you know. But uh, I think there's probably a lot of damage been done to their organs 
over the 20 or 30 Could years. Possibly be. Yeah, that mm. might. But this is right. This is wonderful. And, of course, as proportions of the total population, um, it's not a heck of a lot of people. So it's almost uh, uh, the ability of medicine to be uh, offered on a one-to-one basis of referral. Well, the idea is, I think, that if you if you, you take PrEP and you're, 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 you're not infected, you take PrEP and you have... Um, sex with a person that is affected, infected, and they're on prep. You don't that the disease is not passed on. Mm. So hopefully, what they're hoping is that this will gradually then kill the disease out as it as it goes through. You know, so it's yeah. um, it's but it's still it's better to take precautions as far as yeah. I'm yeah. concerned. But same as, as, as long said. as we've got those men who are in denial, they're going and having sex with men and then going home to the wife and kids. Mm. They are not going to use prep mm. because that would you would have to admit to yourself that you're actually performing a gay act. Yeah, but then also, of course, that in that figure of heterosexual straight community being infected, there were women as well. Yeah. It wasn't just the men, mm. it was women as well. Now, yeah. what about the population figures, though? Oh, yeah. That's, well. that's gone over the moon almost. Yeah, uh, we're 25 a- million now, aren't we? <clears throat> we are 25 million, and it was only back in 2008 that we were... Uh, sorry, 2009, that we were 22 million. Mm. So that's uh, in 10 years, nine years, that's another 3 million people in Australia. I think that was the 30 years ahead of its time, wasn't it, that figure? It we was did. ahead of its time, but I would just like to point out I'm not responsible for any of these figures. Neither am I and yes. neither is Chris. So we, don't we blame are, us. Don't blame us. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, when you see when, when you get these, these facts and figures about um, situations... Um, they don't tell you that it, in comparison to when one figure was taken, say, 10 years ago to mm. what it is now with the with the increase in population, how the actual percentage has actually dropped compared with the... It's like cars on the road and yeah, accidents. That's, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with the, when, you, when you're trying to get the accident rate down, but there are so many more cars on the road than um, what they were first th- thinking of. So it makes it a little bit difficult to really work it out. Back in 1902, I know that's a long time ago. I wasn't born around then either. Neither was I. Uh, But in Sydney, there was a fellow who delighted, well, thought that it was he should be allowed to swim in the sea in daylight hours. Probably to see the Noah's Arks swimming around his feet. Uh, But the laws didn't permit that. That's how straight-laced community was the turn of that particular century. Uh, alternate days were when women could swim in the water at night and men could swim in the water. Obviously, the, they they didn't really appreciate that the water was still con- contaminated with girl germs and boy germs even 24 hours later. Yes, because it, they, they, it was only night swimming and this gentleman from Manly decided that that was enough. He wanted to swim in the daytime, so he went there and swam and uh, he got yeah. away with it and they changed the law. Yeah, eventually. It mm. took a few appearances before the beak, the judge, the court, that he was able to get away with that and have the law changed. And now we know that we shouldn't be swimming around dawn or dusk because that's when the sharks like to feed. Is it? Oh. Yes. Okay. Okay. That, that's widely known and completely ignored by swimmers. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, I can just run down to the edge of the beach in the dark tomorrow morning and have a swim then. That's okay. <laughs> oh, it's been nice knowing you. <laughs> Here's Lady Gaga on Joy. Island 
Dress you cause you're tired Cover you as you desire When you fall asleep inside my arms May not have the fancy things But I'll give you everything You could ever want It's in my arms So baby tell me yes And I will give you everything So baby tell me yes And I will be all yours tonight So baby tell me yes Love Radio? Joy is now on iHeartRadio. Take us with you anywhere. You're with Phil, Chris and Gordon being there done that Joy 94.9. Thanks for being with us. There has been an announcement in the last week or so about Eurovision 2019. Oh, God, is that coming around again? It is, but there was a whole little bit of drama at the end of this year's Eurovision because normally the new host city is announced as part of the wind down of the current year celebrations but they couldn't do that because there was some reluctance of the winning nation or winning country Israel to indicate where it would actually happen the the options were that it was going to be Jerusalem or Tel Aviv or Haifa or a couple of these other lesser cities and the drama was for everybody who follows like crazed Anna Miles the each year and that includes my friend in Germany that I stay with he couldn't make his bookings of his hotel and uh-huh. o- until about 10 days ago that it really confirmed. So I think what he might have done was already pre-booked something in Tel Aviv and in Haifa and he's now been able to cancel the ones that wouldn't be taken up. Because I don't think that Eurovision in Jerusalem would have actually gone ahead. They could have all sung at the Wailing Wall. Well, stop Wailing it. away. Now, if Australia ever wins, are they going to have it at a little deli in Elfstenwick? <laughs> yes, they will. Well, there they go. I'll, I'll be lined up for that one. <laughs> so it, it, it's on at the, the so most the, progressive city in, in Israel, in well, Tel Aviv. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say it's the most gay-friendly. And in case anybody hadn't realised, Eurovision is actually quite a gay event. Oh, is it? I haven't noticed. Oh, hang on. <laughs> Excuse <laughs> let, us. Let me digest that for yeah. a moment. <laughs> all those pretty people... Ponsing around and all the rest of it. How dare you say it's oh. gay? And the judges and the viewers and the contestants? Yeah. No. No. There's, there's no straight people at all. There's straight as a die. Yeah. But it, it's, it, that's very good for, for um, Tel Aviv because... Um, it is such a liberated city, yeah, apparently. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and but the Jerusalem is, is the actual centre of their whole existence basically because that's yeah. where it started sacred sites sacred are there. sites and everything are there i don't think there's any sacred sites in tel aviv oh haven't you been there no i've not been oh there. i thought you would have been if you had have been <laughs> there you would have been a sacred site <laughs> thank you or a site just all right <laughs> i think the freedom of living the life that you want to in tel aviv is uh, some freedom that is not available to jews in jerusalem but Jerusalem, of course, is this, as being the centre of the the organisation. It was also the city that Palestine 
um, the Palestinians ruled for so many centuries. Mm. And when they, when in 1948, I think it was, when they decided to establish the state of Israel um, and they just kicked the Palestinians out of there, the, there's been that um, friction between the two cultures and yet they're so close to one another um, in, in the way they work things out. You don't get that down in Tel Aviv. You don't get that. You don't seem to get that um, difference. They are that, able that to clo- cope with clash yeah. of, con- of religions and uh, of cultures. Cultures, indeed, mm. indeed. Mm. Live and let live, yeah. rather than uh, address differences. Yeah, you, re- you only ever read about what's happening in Jerusalem. You never read about what's happening in Tel Aviv or Haifa, unless there's somebody's been trying to swim ashore at Tel Aviv or something mm. or other. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's going to be interesting. Talking about the Jewish religion, there's a rabbi in England, the, the chief rabbi of the Commonwealth, actually, they call him, has come out in favor of LGBTIQ education for young people. or, or In or, Jewish or schools. In Jewish schools, yeah. That's, now, that's, that's quite amazing. Yeah. There are progressive arms of uh, the Jewish religion. There are conservatives, ultra-conservatives, as we have them here in, in Melbourne. Uh, but it's it does seem that... Whilst we here in Australia have had a, a gay marriages within the Jewish religion, it's good that they're now focusing on the younger generation and, and paralleling safe schools for the Jewish schools, for the private schools. Now, can you see uh, Mr. Ruddock and our Mr. Morrison allowing that degree of religious freedom? Well, the, well they've been fighting safe schools projects forever they just don't want them except um, when here in victoria we still have it which is a great benefit to the um, anybody that's sort of not sure what their sexuality is the rabbi has come out very very strongly in favor of people with the, the with to be looked after if they have lgbtiq and they have a they, they, the program that has been written is called a uh, lgbt the, the well-being of lgbti plus pupils a guide to for orthodox jewish schools so that's um, very, very interesting to to read that they're doing that because there are actually a lot of Jewish people around that are gay. It happens. It happens. We're everywhere. Have you noticed in radio and television reporting in the last few years, we refer to the Australian Prime Minister, we have a short pause, and then we name him just to keep up. Who is it today? That's right, because I don't think they say the United States President, Mr. Trump. No. Because they're stuck with him for four years. <laughs> no, in another but term. here, we have to just make sure we know who it is. Yeah, yeah. But that's, that's the thing with our, us, the way we announce people. In Malaysia, which is next, next door to us almost, almost, have had a caning recently of two women caught in the car expressing affection for each other. And they were caned for... Or homosexuality, I think yeah, they called it. Yeah, yeah. And they, they got six strokes of the cane each or something now, in the court. Mm, now, Prime Minister Matia has actually come out and said caning shouldn't have occurred. I don't know whereabouts in the inherited law, the English law that Malaysia would have got, where there would have been caning mentioned, for anybody, so it sounds like the application of that particular law w- could have come from the the demands of the Sharia uh, sections mm. of the Islamic community. Yeah, one of the MPs, Charles Santiago, he said, "We need to stop targeting the LGBT community. 
We need to stop invading their privacy. We need to stop abusing them. We need to grow up as a society and learn to embrace diversity. Mm. So there's one of the MPs in the... Um, well, that's a nice degree of pushback, isn't it? Mm, mm, mm. It could be. And we know that there is a subculture within the Malaysian society, but of course they are still faced with terrible penalty penalties. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's interesting to see that that it's even being mentioned in the way that it has been because, I mean, it must have been absolutely degrading for those women to be caned like that, mm, you know. Mm, I don't think cool. they had their clothes taken off or anything. I don't know how they do the caning, but it was, um, it would be degrading. It would be a horrible way to be uh, embarrassed and all the rest of it, yeah. You're listening to Been There, Done That on Joy 94.9. When we come back, we should be talking about tribal barriers. We've been sort of covering that a little bit in our descriptions of uh, some of the activities in the Middle East and also in, well, the overlap of religion and cartographers. Mm. Yes. And we were also talking about the, the rise of police forces and the names that we give to those police peoples. Oh, there's a few doozies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we certainly hope so. Stay tuned. You're with Gordon, Phil and Chris. Been there, done that. Joy, 94.9. Oh, everyone's got their problems. There's always something on your mind. Oh, but tonight we ain't got to solve them. For now, let's leave them all behind. Love radio? Joy is now on iHeartRadio. Turn us on anywhere. You're on Cop Radio with Chris. (laughs) (laughs) You're not wrong, Narelle. Oh, golly gosh, it was just taking that deep breath so that I could start reintroducing See, if you stop breathing, all these symptoms will go away. Oh, thanks a lot, Philip. There's a clue. That's one of the earliest habits that people get into is breathing. Yeah. Well, without it, we'd be... (laughs) It's a design flaw, basically. You were talking about the TV and up-and-coming shows when we're doing our prep. Uh, some ambulance chasing show. Here. Well, they're not chasing them. They're, they're sitting in with them, yeah. giving them cameras and watching all the gory details. Oh, oh, no. But there was one good one that I saw recently, and that was the phone room where they'd received the message that someone was having a, a birth in a car and there was some complications rather than being in the hospital and the telephonist was obviously a trained nurse qualified and they were giving instructions do this do that and there was sort of tension in the way they were presenting the story then all of a sudden you could hear in the background the baby wailing Ah, and obviously it had taken a little bit of a time for the baby to respond and go through that natural process of aspirating. So instead of slapping it, they should have just bumped him on the handbrake. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And did the the operator sound like Lenny Tomlin? 
Uh, one ringy ding. One ringy ding. No, thank you. No, no. But I don't know whether I'll watch that series. I won't. For... A, a lot of those situations actually happen too when police are involved. You know, the, the, yeah. the and they have to be the first responders sometimes. And I don't think we give them credit for having all this not having to have this knowledge tucked away for the odd occasions when it's required. Yeah. Does anybody remember the occupation? Of TV repairman, well, he no longer exists. He no longer exists. That's but right. But when I started my apprentice, you were either going to become a TV repairman or do the digital thing and go towards computers, which is what I did. But as I think we were probably seventeen-year-olds, we all had to watch this video on how to assist in childbirth in case you were the TV repairman when baby came out. Wow. <laughs> it's one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen <laughs> because they showed an actual birth. childbirth. Yeah, yeah. Apparently it's one of the most dangerous times in a woman's life is when they're giving birth to a baby. Well, mm. it's like spitting out a watermelon. <laughs> <laughs> Not the pips, the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear, stop it. I think it's bad enough when we see uh, Rabbit Burrow. Attenborough. Thank you. <laughs> and... Uh, it shows that in how it happens in nature, and some of those animals on the African plain need to keep walking with the tribe, and so the freshly born baby is blooming up on its legs, up and going, following mum quickly. Yeah, quickly. It's incredible. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, but you see all the bits and pieces that come out with the kid, or the baby, with the child, or whatever, yeah. with the infant. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Once again, the three of us are not responsible. Not going the there. Baby. No, well, I've never been baby. close to African animals. So. <laughs> Isn't it wonderful how some countries seem to use their imagination in de- determining where their, their national borders might be? I'm talking about the Brits thinking that they can come to Australia and do all sorts of dastardly things. And uh, the French going out into the middle of the Pacific and doing all sorts of dastardly things there as well. In the Bikini Atoll. Well, is that where they did it? The initial tests. That's right. Was that the French or Americans were at Bikini? No, it was the Americans. I think that was the Americans. Americans did it at the Bikini Atoll. Did the same damage. Muraroa? Does that ring a bell? That's a more recent one. That's that's the Rainbow Warrior, was it? No, well, I think that's the islands where the French were having their atomic tests Mm. and some Australians who were sort of thinking, this is not something you should do against the world, especially in our neck of the woods. And the boat, the Greenpeace Warrior, was used... To go and protest. I think that was a New Zealand boat, wasn't it? It was probably it New Zealand? was. Yeah, because well, it was in Auckland Harbour when it got since bombed. Since when we stopped adopting New Zealand <laughs> yes, when of course, we're, yes. as ours when it yeah. suits us? Yes, that's right. <laughs> well, you often see its modern replacement in Williamstown. Yeah, that's right. The docks. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, that's part of the Greenpeace um, money-raising project usually. Mm. Mm. But it, it, it's interesting how the um, they... Different um, nations of the world have used the Pacific and are using the Pacific Islands as um, ways of getting into the countries, getting into this area sort of thing, you know? Well, one time we always said that uh, sometimes it's the vanquished that have risen up and by their own productivity become the winners. Germany, for instance. Japan, even. Japan. in Japan. Yeah. 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 It took my dad, who was in the Air Force in World War Two, 
and we were told again and again that he flew over Borneo. They never shot a bullet or dropped a bomb, but they flew over Borneo. It was 1980-something before we finally got rid of the Holden and he bought a Mazda. <laughs> so in our family, that's when the war ended, yes. when Dad would actually buy yeah. a Japanese car. Yeah, buy well, other products, no problem at all. But my, mother, my mother wouldn't buy Japanese products at all, not, not with Dad being in Changi and Burma Railway and stuff. Mm. No. So mm. what about buying British things for your brother? Well, yeah, well, the, the British, but we were British then, you see. Yeah, we, were, we, were, okay. we were part of the British. And um, tell the story for the listener who doesn't oh, know. Oh, well, that, because we're talking about atom bombs, my brother died actually um, about three years ago from radiation poisoning received at the Montebello atomic tests done by the British North in West, West Australia. Western Australia, mm. yeah. Mm. Not in my backyard. There's a sort of trend here. The French in the Pacific and the, but they the did, English here. They did Maralinga. 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 Although the Americans poisoned themselves out in the, the Western deserts. Yeah. Yep. Nevada, that a sort of area? where one of John Wayne's movies was filmed there and nobody within, I think, 20 years, nobody who worked on that film was still alive. No, because and also because of the winds, the prevailing winds that go across America, there's a lot of the other, mm. a lot of the other countries got the, the radiation the dust and the fallout. Because war around. brings out the sneaky side of people too. Mm. Because for a while, I'm not sure if it was during or just after the war, you could buy a product... And it said made in Yusa, USA. USA. Yeah, yeah, no, it wasn't. Yusa was, was a town in Japan. They, they named it Yusa. <laughs> yeah, but they, no dots between the no, letters. They they called the town Yusa, and that's where they used to make stuff made in Yusa. They weren't telling a lie, but if you were stupid enough to believe it, well, a lot of people did. A lot of people did. Yeah, that certainly did. Now, now what's China doing these days? Apart from uh, building up some islands, the Spratlys. Well, they're spending a hell of a lot of money in this different. Pacific Islands. They're being um, very generous. And they're, they're, I, I, I'm pretty sure they're building roads in New Guinea mm. and they're, they're doing a lot of work in South Africa, you know, just to get in there and sort of saying we're going to do anywhere this for in anywhere, Africa, anywhere, I think anywhere they're offering Africa. money left, yeah. right and centre. Yeah. But not all the gifts are good quality. Well, apparently there's some of the stuff that they're building on the Pacific Islands that's not good for anything according to the islanders that live there. And uh, it's just blocks of something or other they're building there and that's it, you know, and then they go it's, off and leave them. And there's some sort of little clause that means that the value of the uh, donation by China basically turns into a debt and it's got to be repaid one of these days. And Mm. so that's very interesting that if, in fact, they can't pay, well, does that mean that China can inherit that little country yet? Well, I don't know about that, but then again, then again, you see that the Americans have usually done things like that only in a different way. They've put in businesses, like their well-known business uh, products to Coca-Cola and, and those sort of things. They they put those in, and if anything looks like there's going to do some damage to those products, then the government comes in and sort of says, right, I throw the people out of that's in power. You know, mm. That's what happened in Chile. I was in New Guinea before they had their independence in 1975. I know that's a long time ago mm. now, but I was up there and I saw how Australia put money into the development of services and structures because the cities had developed and they needed local council input to roads and rubbish and rates and those sorts of Mm. things. And uh, so Australia put money in and put expertise, provided water services, sewage services, airports and 
roads and made little a little Australian suburbs of all the towns up there. It was interesting, but when we moved out at the end of 75, a lot of those things fell into disrepair. Mm. And I think Australia has been contributing money, but not tying it to particular uh, activities. When I was in Cambodia recently, I saw a whole, um, some of the work that Australia had um, made possible. There were some, some very large, uh, one huge bridge across the Mekong River, and that had been paid for by the Australian government. And the Australian government were then sort of trying to hold the Cambodians to ransom because the Australians had done so much to them yeah. in in situations that have developed since, you know. Paying it forward. Yes. Mm. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. It doesn't, doesn't always work. Stay tuned. There's more. Great shows. Great topics. Great radio. Joy 94.9. And you're with Gordon, Phil and Chris. Been there, done that. No coughs this time. That's a fair cop. (laughs) Would you say fair cop? A fair cop. Now, that's an interesting term. Who is a fair cop? Oh, well, it's a a slang term, I think, for people that got caught by the policemen for for doing something wrong. Okay, it's a fair cop, copper. Yeah, so you're admitting you did (laughs) something wrong. You did it wrong, and it's a fair cop. You got me. Now, what, what, what does copper refer to? Is it the metal? No, I don't think so. It's, 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 if you cop this, it means you see it. What, a whack across the ear? <laughs> yes, yeah, cop this, young Harry. It's a, I think it's an old English expression that comes from somewhere along the line. That's probably where mm. it is. Mm. Meaning, meaning um, you're going to get this, so cop it, you know. But the, um, so who was Bobby? Bobby was a, a policeman named after Sir Robert Peel, who started the English police force. In London. In London. You were called a peeler or a bobby. Because it was Robert Peel, or uh, or mm. Sir Robert Peel, so you were a Bobby or a Peeler, mm. and um, but uh, Bobby was an English cop, an English uh, policeman. Was, yes. So who did we have here? We didn't have that nickname, did we? Oh, the gay community had some great nicknames, actually. Oh. <laughs> uh, Lily Law, L- Lily Law, Jennifer Justice, Priscilla, police person. Yes, we had all, we had all these. Funny <laughs> I obviously wasn't at that meeting. No. <laughs> But, but that was wonderful because you could actually drop it into conversations when it was uh, a mixture of straight and gay people. The gay people would understand what you were talking about. Mm. Saw Lily Law the other day. Yeah. Mm. Nobody would, nobody know who Lily Law was. Or just Lil. Was it a derogatory term? No. No, it was just meant... It was shorthand. A, it was shorthand for policemen for our group, mm. our, our community. We didn't... Um, we were pretty well, well, we were criminals at the time, of course, but mm. it was just one what of those What was things. the relationship like, though? Actually, um, depended. I, I had um, a very good relationship with um, the police when I got belted up. They were very good, but that was way back in 1970-something or 60-something. Yeah, well, just imagine what the scene was in New South Wales in oh. the 70s. The coppers were the enemy. That's right, they were they were the enemy, there because they, a lot of those gay murders that happened were they would say were done by out of um, out of uniform or off duty policemen? But yeah. They've never been able to prove it, so I'm not saying that they did it. But it was a, a common sort of knowledge that the police had a lot to do with it. But then the, there's been, always been something about the New South Wales police because of the convict. rum core, yeah, the, the convict thing, convict you know. mentality. Yeah, yeah. It, it's always been much the same. That's why my father had to get out of Sydney because he saw something going on, and he was told oh. to get out of Sydney and change your name, otherwise you're dead. 
Ooh. So guess what my father did? He got out of Sydney. Changed his name to Mary Sue yeah. and was never questioned again. <laughs> yeah. But so. in, okay, in Sydney, we had the Mardi Gras, mm-hmm. which came out of protest mm-hmm. against authorities or That's the right. police in yep. particular. Yep. We have advanced to where now the police march in the parade. And that's taken, what anniversary are we up to in the... 30-something, isn't it? 30-something. Close to. Mm. 35th, I think. And with Victoria Police, they march in the the Pride March. That's right. And we've got the GLOW officers, the Mm. gay and lesbian liaison officers. Yeah, and they do a great job. And, of course, we have um, Gabby and her cohorts that come into the studio. And I think they're still doing podcasts, aren't they, Chris? Oh, yeah, yeah. They're they're doing a show. Mm-hmm. Back on the proper grid. Yes, oh, they are they. Oh, yep. good, good. That's that's great because it's always interesting to to get the the right side of the law information that you need sometimes in different situations. A lot of people are ignorant of the law. Excuse me, can I just also make mention of the fact that there are gay police people? Oh yes. Now you say oh yes, but a lot of people would imagine oh no. I'm learning police, so much that the Eurovision police. and now the police force. Yeah. What next? Hollywood? <laughs> <laughs> oh, but but see, it. our attitudes have changed too. I was very much afraid of police when I was being gay in my younger days. Mm-hmm. Um, yet in the last, let's say, decade, I had the need for some police assistance. Mm. I'd been with a, a young man who was very much in denial and he came around one night, one morning, it was like four o'clock, and I was not willing to let him in. He was clearly drunk and not in control. So he decided to graffiti my car and cause a bit of damage, which was all very gay-related. Yeah, yeah. And um, I went to the police up in Nunawading with maybe a slight bit of hesitation, but they were wonderful. They, mm. they weren't glow officers, but they've obviously had training, and they were quite respectful, and yeah. I was just another... Citizen, that's mm. right. You, you'd been, you'd been, had something done against your personal property, so they were yeah. obliged to do something about it. Yeah, but the earlier on, I don't. Well, see, that was the thing with gay people; they would be reluctant to go to the police. So if they'd been bashed or otherwise oh, yeah. damaged, yeah. Yeah. there were so few prosecutions. Mm. So well, we live in a new world. Well, what was the lady die moment between the gay community in Victoria and Victoria Police? Well, probably the commissioner, the chief commissioner, walking in the Pride March. Oh, yes. Yeah, that was the, um, yeah. Oh, you're not connecting Lady Di to the no, Victorian police. No, no, it no. It was the no. Lady Di sitting moment. amongst the AIDS patients. Yeah. So uh, that, that moment of change. Yeah, uh, right. The Lady Di, Lady Di moment. Yeah, well, the Lady, the Lady Di moment of, of the Pride March was when the uh, chief commissioner marched in the um, parade. and it Proudly at the front proudly of the, at the parade. front of the police force. Was that Christine Nixon? Yep. It was indeed. Yeah, yeah. And that was a wonderful statement for the people and the press and the TV to catch up on for the wider community to see the normality of the situation. But should we point out a key change had to happen to have a female leading the police force at the time? Would that have happened with a male? Well, I don't know. It, it, it would depend on how aware the male police officer was of the situations of, of things that were going on yeah. in our community, you know. It, but we, we were fortunate here in Victoria. We never had that sort of Antagonism. antagonistic stuff that they had oh. in, uh, in the Sydney Well, we had force. that raid 
in Collingwood. Oh, the Tasty Road, the Tasty Road down here yeah, in but they, Flinders Street. The police actually learnt their lesson, I think. That's they, where it all started they, from. Yeah, where they had they, a shake-up. Oh, we, we had a very homophobic cop down at Torquay. Oh, look, there would, oh, yeah. there, there would be, yes, that's and for sure. And, of course, we had the nude beach. Yeah. So he had a field day, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the, old perv. <laughs> but the, uh, but, but the, the whole attitude of, of the community has changed so much in the last 20 years of, of um, the gay, in the gay community and everywhere else. Like, um, you've, as we say, we've got the glows. We've, they've been marching in the Pride March. Mm. And people feel comfortable now that they can go up to most policemen with anything that's happened to them and sort of speak to them without being sort of tossed away and sort of said, oh, you know, rub, run off sort of. Phil, can you tell me if you've had any business, any dealings with the police in the US and how that differed? All my dealings with the police in the US were traffic related. On my third day moving to <laughs> California, <laughs> I was in my rental car and... Miles per hour is something that you've really got to get used to when you've been driving in kilometres. And I think I went through a school zone at somewhat higher than the normal speed. Of course, I still had my Australian licence. and So it was very, very well treated there. I think being from out of town and sounding like it helped a lot. Can I also point out that you're white? That's... In Northern California, I would be brave enough to say that's probably not a problem. Oh, right. right. It's not one of those states, and I won't mention where they are, but <laughs> oh, yeah. mm. you can imagine. Mm. Um, yes, being black is a, a crime. And Los Angeles is another place. One of the celebrities was saying that if, if you're driving a nice car and you're black, you're guilty. That's where on TV we seem to have seen the worst of the US and the best of the UK. Because the UK coppers presented uh, are not authoritarian. They don't fire first and ask questions. But they don't second. carry guns. That's right. To yes. the same degree. And the most you'd get from a UK cop is stop or I'll say stop again. <laughs> <laughs> they have that sort of authority thing that they don't need to probably have a firearm because the, they, there's a bit more respect for... In, oh. the, in the general community, probably mm. not respect in the criminal community, but yeah. there's, there's respect in the, the ordinary community for the power and the presence of a policeman who is there to help protect you yeah. from but harm. It's the gun culture of America That's which right. is the source of the problems. Yeah. Yeah. And there is racism. They, they like to tell us that they're not racist, but they know it themselves. Look, look at, the, look at the, the sales of Nike that have gone up since they've got the... Um, black guy that knelt during the anthem yeah. as their spokesperson for this latest um, thing. Wow. Nike sales have gone through the roof. Wow. Yep. But see, when you've got Trump disrespecting the black community who are protesting about their community being shot dead by police, and he's calling the athletes scum. It's just broken. <laughs> respect, I think, is the, the word that we need to uh, have in most of our dealings. Yep. So I guess this is the end of it. We've got to play respect to our people and sort of say goodbye. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. This Joycast is a free service brought to you by Joy 94.9. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. Australia's only LGBTI radio station, Joy. 
This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.